Here in America, work is in trouble. We've offshored our manufacturing, sent away good jobs, and lost so much ability to make things. American Giant is a company that's pushing back against this tide. They make high-quality clothing, sweatshirts, jeans, dresses, jackets, and so much more, right here in the USA. Visit American-Giant.com and get 20% off your first order when you use code STAPLE20 at checkout. That's 20% off your first order at American-Giant.com, promo code STAPLE20. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Hi, folks. Welcome to another episode of Film Study. This is Ken McCusick, and we're here for the big Know Your Foe for the divisional round game against the Texans. Joining us, who else but Rivers McCown, uh, noted Texans fan and expert. Rivers, how are you doing? I mean, this has been <laughs> this has been an interesting, uh, interesting little year here. Uh, started off kind of like, oh well, you know, this is this is going to be a fun little bridge year into something and then oh something just happened <laughs> oops oops the afc divisional round <laughs> yeah so it's a uh it's certainly been a great year for the texans and uh the last couple times we talked you've been very down on the texans at the time it hasn't been a good thing and you definitely catch in a uh you know at one point i think deshaun watson in i guess this would in 2019 um was playing but the texans were still having difficulty and then of course uh after watson uh you know in terms of trying to reassemble the franchise and put it back together uh just lots to lots to talk about but i i'm glad to hear you've had a great season it's certainly been fun watching the texans from a distance uh and particularly with all their success coming after week one <laughs> well yeah uh, week two really that's when it kind of turned around when uh cj stroud discovered oh wait a minute they're trying to sack me. I should just not let them do that. And then that's kind of what happened. <laughs> yeah. Is, has he had a very low sack total this year? It's ever since week two, he's been very down there. Yeah. He's okay. he's been much better at managing the pressure. Okay. All right. I, I did notice the Browns, they had some pressure right up the middle that was in Stroud's face and it did not seem to impact him the way I would have expected it to. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, he's, all I can say is that he's grown every week and it feels like he manages the pocket at a level that I've only seen with the Texans with uh, 2020 Watson, where mm-hmm. he was just kind of like dealing on all, on all angles and, you know, ready to ready to scoot and then check down. So I, I think he's, he's been a revelation. It's been a lot of fun to watch. Yeah. All right. Um, 
Take us through, I guess, we, we don't need to hear about off-season or cap things or whatever, but the injury report is extensive for the Texans this week. The Ravens a little less so, although the Ravens still have some some guys on the report. Talk us through who's who's on the report today, and this is Tuesday. Well, I mean, we got Will Anderson, who's still dealing with his ankle injury. That's a big deal. Um, he had a high ankle sprain. has been kind of limited. I think he played – 50% of the snaps last week against the Browns, maybe a little less. And he's kind of ramped up a little bit from there. So that's that's the big one right now. He's kind of their best player who's on this report. Uh, Laramie Tunsil's on the report, but, you know, he just kind of got managed. Uh, he did look like he got hurt a little bit in that Browns game. Kind of hard to tell. Not really a lot of smoke coming out of that, though. Um, and then the other thing for the Texans really is those wide receivers. Uh, you have Noah Brown going to injured reserve, which is a big deal. Uh, Robert Woods has been kind of dealing with a hip thing since the Titans game. So is, is he coming back? I don't, I don't, I don't know if he's going to be hundred percent and John Mechie popped up there, which is interesting because he's kind of been there. One of their other two receivers who have been getting snaps. He's, he's looked really good the last couple of games, but the, the, um, the tech Dell of course lost earlier in the year. And uh, uh, how big a loss was that for the Texans? It was enormous. They had to con- con- reconfigure the entire offense because he was, you know, delivering a lot of value, delivering a lot of routes that guys couldn't keep up with, and it took them some time there. They were really lost for a bit against the Jets, especially, and uh, you know, kind of having to reemphasize play action and, and get get some guys uh, underneath checkdowns and and more condensed formations. I would say. Mm-hmm. Uh. We've seen good success with um, uh, Stroud throwing the ball down the field, uh, particularly to Nico Collins, uh, who's, who's just been unbelievably good lately. Uh, that's what the Ravens try to take away defensively, and they've been very effective at it in the last year. The last, uh, the last five games that they've played in anger, so I'm excluding the Pittsburgh game where they weren't really, you know, they didn't have their regulars on the field, but they placed, faced Tua Purdy. Lawrence, Stafford, and Herbert. So I think we'd say they'd all all among the top 15 quarterbacks in the game today. And they allowed a 47.5 passer rating on throws of 15-plus yards. And I'm I'm wondering, how do you think the Texans are going to adjust to the Ravens' very extreme sit-back-and-wait-for-errors-in-zone defense um, looks that they will probably show Stroud? Well, I mean, they, they want to run the ball anyway. So if you're going to invite them to run the ball, the Texans are going to run the ball. Are they going to be good at it? That's a better question. And one that I have some concerns about in this game, especially because they kind of only run the ball outside of Singletary. They don't really, they're not really a between the tackles team. And if, you know, if Roquan just tracks it down every time, that's going to be tough sledding for them for sure. Yeah, the two when you're too high, that generally favors running right up the middle, running right up the gut at opposing teams. So it's something we we you know certainly would expect to see. Damian Pierce, a very disappointing year. Can you kind of take us through that a little bit? Uh, yeah, I mean, Damian Pierce is a he's more of a power gap runner guy, and I think they really wanted to emphasize the zone play more, and so they went with more 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 of Singletary. Pierce got hurt around week four or five, and that kind of opened the door, and then Singletary just took it and just ran with it. How much of it has been the offensive line for the Texans really not being up to the task? Because we know Laramie Tunsil's there. The rest of the group looks 
less than pedestrian to me, not to not to be too negative about it. I mean, they're dealing with injuries for sure. Titus Howard is out for the season. Um, Shaq Mason's had a, I would say, solid first season here. But, you know, he's up there. He's not like in his prime uh, kicking ass every play or anything. And then you've got Juice Scruggs, who was a rookie who came on recently. Mm-hmm. Uh, I want to say in the last seven or eight weeks, uh, finally started playing. And up and down as a rookie. Uh, and you got Michael Dieter at center, who's fine, but, you know, kind of a kind of a backup. They've had to reshuffle a lot of plans there. And I wouldn't say that it's gone bad because I've seen bad. I've seen bad the last three years. It, it was really bad running the last three years. This year has been okay, but it's not great either. Mm-hmm. Is it a best, better pass blocking or run blocking line? We've seen very few sacks, as you mentioned, from Stroud, but uh, which which – which you say they're better at? Oh, definitely pass blocking. Yeah, okay. they, they, they've been much better at creating the pockets for Stroud than anything. Okay. All right. Great stuff. Um, I guess we talked about the running backs and the wide receivers. We saw some action from the tight ends in this game against the Browns. Uh, was it surprisingly much, or, or uh, have, has general usage been increasing as the years gone on? It's been it's been game plan focused, I would say, uh, especially with Dalton Schultz. It feels like there are games where they really want to get him involved, and then there are games where he's just kind of a spectator to the flow of the passing game. So, given where they were with the receivers, I can see him being a bigger part of the game. But it also kind of feels like it really depends on a few shot plays here or there, a few play actions here or there, and and what they can create underneath because he's been. He's been weirdly out of sync with the offense at times. There are plays where he just looks a little bit slow or like he should have done a little bit better. How much 12 did the Texans run roughly? I mean, 30, not 30%, like, you know, 20, 25% probably. Okay. All right. So pretty, pretty normal for an NFL yeah. team then a little bit, a little probably right about, right about normal. Um, uh, any 21 with this team anymore, or is it always a, a tight end in the as a fullback, or what do they do? No, they've been using a lot of Andrew Beck, who is on the injury report this week, so I don't know if that one's new, sustained, or not. Uh, we're, we're still early in the week as we're recording this, but, yeah, Beck has been getting a lot of play. Um, I wouldn't call him any kind of game-breaking fullback. He's not – He's he's he does his job, but he's he's not like, you know, some kind of secret weapon that you know we're just getting to the divisional round and now everybody needs to know about him. Uh, how about some common play concepts that the Texans use? I mean, like I said, they love right now. They love to get bunches going, get bunches mm-hmm. to the right, get bunches to the left. Um, see a lot of curls, see a lot of ins, see a lot of digs, that sort of thing. Um, some flood. Slant flat is pretty uncommon with this team. They're not really uh, thrown to the flats that often. But yeah, you, I mean, it's it's a typical San Francisco passing game, I would say. <laughs> and you can be familiar with that from, from your earlier tests with Tua and Purdy. Yeah. Wide, wide receiver screens fairly common in this offense or less so now with the personnel changes? They've been more of a screen team since the changes, I feel like. And they go to Nico pretty often in that situation. And he's been – once you get him with the head of steam, that's that's where he really starts to show up in the, in the game. All right. The Ravens, certainly that's something they've been very good at defensing this year is they forced other teams to play small ball 
reduce the role of the cornerbacks that they do have um, by by having two high safeties a lot of plays or rotating into ways that make quarterbacks uncomfortable throwing the ball there and then they have extra bodies uh, to the ball and they have people you know what I say about zone defense is everybody in the back end is watching the same movie and they end up you know, go into the same spots at the same time and creates good second man to the ball opportunities that comes from that. But the Ravens in particular with Kyle Hamilton, the slot have been terrific at defending the wide receiver screen. Boy, there's a guy I wish the Texans would have drafted. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Ugh. So where were the Texans? Where were the Texans that year when Hamilton was drafted? They were 12th and they traded down with the Eagles. Uh, and the Eagles take to Jordan Davis and then the Ravens took Kyle Hamilton, and the okay. Texans got Kenyon Green. <laughs> okay, so yeah, that didn't work out. But but, they, but at, I think it was Jordan Davis was immediately taken before Hamilton, so I guess they must have been thirteenth because the Ravens were fourteenth. Thirteen, yeah. Sorry, yeah. All right, it was you know a few years ago in eighteen, the big loss for the Ravens. Obviously, the, the two thousand eighteen draft was gold pure through for the Ravens, and including the Lamar Jackson pick, of course, but but Andrews and, and Orlando Brown and you know plenty of others. And Zach Sealer, who they couldn't even keep on the team and was the first to be extended. But the, but the pick that I really hated was missing out on Derwin James because I thought they could have built the whole defense around him. And wow. incredibly, you know, three years later, they get effectively the exact same opportunity. They were at 16 in 2018. They were at 14 in 2022. Unfortunately, this time they didn't, they didn't uh, choke. Yeah, well, when we get to the defense, you'll you'll discover exactly why I wish this team had Kyle Hamilton so badly. <laughs> All right. Well, any, anything else about the offense you'd like to talk about? Uh, let me just say, if you haven't watched a C.J. Stroud game, and I feel like a lot of people have only seen the last two weeks because they were effectively noon Eastern, regional only for the first 16 weeks of the season. Um, the thing about Stroud is that even when you think you've got the play covered well, he's always kind of uh, a read ahead. And the Colts kind of discovered this in, and there's like a, a video that they did recently that came out where their players talking about it, uh, Zaire Franklin, uh, you know, kind of being like, we thought we were ahead of this guy and he's on read three already. Yeah. Yeah, that uh, that could be an issue for the Ravens because the Ravens certainly like to try and confuse the opposing quarterbacks by rotating into uh, uh, different zones, matchup zones on each side of the field. So we'll see how that goes. Uh, Weather has been one of the things that has come up. Now, I know C.J. Stroud played Ohio State, so is I I can't imagine that he would really have a lot of difficulty playing in cold weather, um, given his experience in the Big Ten. But on the other hand, um, it's January now, and not a whole lot of college football games are played in January, and the ones that are are usually played in the South. Um, So is this a a guy who, who you think you're concerned about him playing in cold weather? I have no concerns, no. Uh, there's nothing that I've seen so far that have made me think, oh, well, this guy's arm is going to falter at a bad spot, or if anything, he's going to overthrow you. <laughs> okay. Is, are, are they doing anything special to, to deal with the possibility of weather in the, you know, probably in the 20s in Baltimore? Yes, it's not ridiculously cold. It's just, you know, moderately cold and with some fairly high wind expected. Well, um, let me tell you, right here in Houston right now, it is under 20 degrees at night. So uh, we're definitely getting there. And uh, I do believe that they are practicing in this as much as they can. So, 
All right. I was I was hearing uh, Charlie Palullo is my friend from college, and and he uh, uh, was telling me that that uh, they're going to practice outside. Everything is going to be fine. And everything. He seems. I, you're you're very positive on the Texans. Charlie is is got it amped up even a higher notch right now. Mm-hmm. But maybe it's just when he's talking to me. <laughs> but but uh, I, I mean, just just this this weather is so rare and weird for us that maybe it's just like one of those effects where you're like, oh, well, this is happening for a reason. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. Well, that's uh, uh, it's. I can't imagine under twenty degrees in Houston. That's just uh, that does not happen very often, does it? No. The last time that happened was the the freeze, which we don't need to talk about because that was <laughs> losing electricity was some bad times. <laughs> yeah. All right. All right. Well, let's flip over the defense and talk about that a little bit. Um, talk maybe about what the Ravens, what the, sorry, the Texans do on third down typically in terms of personnel. So you got a third and five to third and 10 situation. What do they usually go to in terms of package? I mean, the Texans don't have a lot of packages at all. They, they, they do base and they do nickel. They, they, they have like a very small smattering of dime, but it's almost predominantly nickel at this point. And they try to confuse you with, you know, where's the rush coming from, some pressures, um, you know, can, can I line this guy up somewhere where you're not expecting it and maybe that changes what you're thinking and then we'll, you know, rotate very close to the snap or, you know, stuff like that. So they're not going to fool you with with uh, personnel or you're not going to see uh, a six DB out there very often. Is uh, what's the what's the percentage of blitzes look like this year? And, and I guess I'm asking this the five pluses because the off ball blitzes are also of great interest to me. But just in terms of total numbers rushed, are they still high percentage of fours? They're still pretty high percentage of fours. Yeah, they they they've cha- they've gone back and forth because they've had to deal with a lot of injuries to their edges this year. Uh, mm-hmm. Anderson, we talked about John Grenard had an ankle injury late in the season, and he you know had kind of a breakout campaign. He had like ten sacks. So he's kind of he was kind of a big deal as well as well. And with them both kind of trending toward healthy, I think you'll probably start with not seeing a lot of blitzes and kind of see where the where the Ravens take it. But you know, you don't want to blitz Lamar anyway. You don't want to give him the opportunity to get out of that pocket and do whatever he wants to do. Yeah, I, I, it's it's a it's a catch twenty two situation a lot of times with Lamar. But uh, uh, this, this has the potential to be a high wind game. And I, I think both quarterbacks will struggle with wind. I mean, all quarterbacks really do. There's a few wind-resistant guys in the NFL um, in recent years, Joe Flacco and, and Josh Allen maybe being uh-huh. two of the really well known. Maybe Justin Herbert, too, because he's got that kind of arm. Um, I don't think of Lamar Jackson as being one of those guys. And so that's a, that is a potential cause for problem. Um, but I do think if this game is, is, is reduced to other – elements that it becomes a certainly becomes a more interesting and probably a closer game if that happens yeah i think that's you know clearly on the table and that really favors the texans i think because any kind of way to you know feed feed run carries against this defense when you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. 
Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson natural boneless chicken breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Which isn't like 100%, like I'm not 100% confident, oh, they'll stop the Ravens, but that's they've been their stronger suit and sort of where I think the, the bread is buttered for them. Mm-hmm. Now I've got Derek Barnett as a third edge uh, in this group. What kind of years he had? Oh, he's been sensational since he came over. He was claimed on waivers, uh, I think, in December, actually, like maybe early or mid-December. Is that recent? Doesn't he have like four sacks already or something? Yeah, yeah. He's been sensational since he came over. Okay. And yeah, that's an unbelievable player to, to be available at that time. So it's just a, it was just a case of they wanted to get rid of the salary – for the mm-hmm. remainder of the season on him. Okay. It's happening more and more. And I, I almost feel like there should be something like a trade deadline, a you know, a waiver claim deadline or something that that would occur later. But football needs needs to be have access to effective replacements, I guess. Well, they <laughs> let me tell you, I'm glad they haven't implemented that yet because they needed every one of those sacks. And he was especially big against the Titans when they had uh, Case Keenum starting. Yeah. Uh Along the defensive line, the defensive interior in particular, if I look at the PFF grades, they don't look very good for that group. Uh, Hinnish and um, uh, Rankins and uh, who am I missing here? Missing Malik. Oh, yeah, Malik Collins, of course. So better pass rushers than, than run defenders, correct? Yeah, generally the, these are more three-tech-sized guys. Um mm-hmm. Rankins and Collins have both had flashes of being pretty good this year. Khalil Davis had a really nice game um, against the Titans a couple weeks ago when they were playing against Will Levis. Like, he, he got a lot of penetration. Now, everybody playing that Titans offensive line has gotten a little pressure, right? But yeah. I think he had he, he kind of showed something in that game, too. Okay. All right. Uh, worried at all about that group holding up against what is a pretty big – offensive line from the Ravens they, they could they can certainly put Ben Cleveland in there but even when they don't they're fairly big um in terms of uh trying to get push uh any concern I think the Colts game kind of showed that you can run on this front with some size so I I, I do have some concern sure but at the same time I think D'Amico Ryans has been a good enough adjustment maker with these that once he sees something like that really going off kilter he's pretty good at that kind of finding the right gap or, or fixing the scheme or bringing somebody in the box or, or whatever he has to do so concern sure it, it is it's the playoffs you're going to have a weak spot this is the Baltimore Ravens they're you know one of the best teams by DVO in several years so mm-hmm. yeah there's going to be problems <laughs> okay all right. Well, fair enough. Uh, let's move off ball a little bit and talk about a couple of guys who I, I see as going in widely different directions. But uh, start talk, talk us about the year that Blake Cashman has had because it seems to be a unicorn of a three-down linebacker to me. I think Cashman was extremely good before he got hurt midseason. Like he was really firing on all cylinders. I think he's kind of slowed down the last five, six weeks. And I'm I'm a big fan of the of 
you know, what he's become. I think he really showed just how good Ryan's is, but I'm also not, you know, patting the table. Like this guy has got to get 10 million this off season. He's, he's a good player. He's not that kind of great player. Okay. Um, I'm, I'm seeing him in it, particularly in terms of his coverage stats are excellent with less Mm -hmm. than six yards per target at a linebacker. And 91 rating, a lot of that happens no matter what if you're a linebacker because your targets get charged to you and it's a little screen pass or a little swing pass to running back that almost 100% completion probability and then the, you have to go chase him down. Uh, but And no chance of being an interception in those cases. But it's a, um, you know, it, there aren't very many linebackers who, who've had the spread of of positive qualities he's had. But if you're telling me he's, he's, uh, he's not playing at the same level since the injury, I'm actually kind of happy to hear that, honestly. Yeah, I mean, I would be too, Larry. Yeah, I mean, he's. I think he's still a very, been a very solid player. It's just he's not booming like he did early. He's not getting the same kind of splash plays. So, let's move over. Talk to Denzel about Denzel Perriman. Now he's been in the league forever with the Chargers, with uh, with the Raiders, and now with Houston in his first year here. Um, you know, not a fantastic overall year. More of a thumper. Uh, yep. and, a, and, a, and a player in that. But talk a little bit about what he's brought to this defense. Uh, I would just start with veteran, veteran leadership. They don't have a lot of guys at, at that age, really. You know, this is a pretty young defense. Mm-hmm. And he's helped with getting guys lined up. He's helped with, uh, you know, kind of getting the run fits correctly. Like he's – I wouldn't say that he's stand out in any way as a player at this point. He's just kind of up there in age. But – He's he's very smart, and when he missed time, the defense did struggle a little bit. Mm-hmm. He's he's had a fair very high missed tackle rate this year. Uh, has he been the guy also that people have picked on in coverage? And I know when you have two choices, and one of them is Cashman, who is a good coverage guy, and one of them is Perryman, who is there are questions. Um, does he get picked on a fair amount? Sure. I mean, I think probably the easiest way to beat this team, uh, if I were the Ravens, is to stay in 12 stay in heavy make them play base defense and pick on all their linebackers really okay all right so if, they, if they're they're staying in base they would they would have three down linemen in that in that condition or would they only have two meaning the base is a four three four three okay four three so okay that's that who's the third linebacker who comes on the field when they're in the when base christian harris okay who had a, who had a pick six last week? As you know, he's he's been both really good and really bad at times this year. He's very young, second year. The kind of just ironing out the kinks with him because he gives you know he was like this physical prospect from Alabama and and didn't really know how to cover all that well. <laughs> so he, when he's when he's on, he's on. So you might see him on more than uh, Cashman or Perryman at times, but if he's Playing poorly, that's a bad sign for the Texans. All right, let's move to the secondary, and I know you, you're you're so eager to discuss this. But we'll start we'll start at quarterback. Yes, your your migrate is coming back. Yeah, uh, Derek Stingley has had a great bounce back season after the hamstring injury. Um, defensive player of the month, December, I believe, um, for the AFC. Picked off a lot of passes. Has looked a lot better. Has putting him directly on Amari Cooper helped keep the Browns from really getting anywhere this was this past week. So he's been pretty big. I don't know that the Ravens have the guy that he's going to chase around the same way. That was what I was going to ask. But uh, 
I do so think you wouldn't he, put him on um, on flowers, say, or even on OBJ if you wanted a bigger body soloed up. No, I, I, I wouldn't expect that, at least initially. If they find somebody killing them in the game, they might turn to that. But I, he's obviously the best cornerback. Um, outside of him, Steven Nelson, nice little veteran on a one-year contract, has played well last year, had a pick six last week. Solid player, not somebody who scares you as a as, as an offensive coordinator. Mm-hmm. Um, Desmond King brought back from free agency from the Steelers. Um Kind of had a weird year. Um, he's definitely capable of having a decent game, but he also is just kind of roster turn at this point of this, in his career. So I think that's where you target if you are an offensive coordinator. And um, I'm sure that Lee Ravens are dying to get uh, Flowers schemed up on Desmond King. <laughs> Okay, so Flowers teamed up on King would be one possibility and tight ends against linebackers and safeties on this team, which I guess we'll get to now. The safety situation, fairly dire there, I would I would call it a Houston. The safety situation has been brutal all season, yeah. yeah. And uh, I think the best way to put it is Jalen Petrie was kind of the fallback for uh, for not getting Kyle Hamilton in that draft. Mm-hmm. And he has... Uh, He's struggled. He's struggled. He has great instincts. Like it's it's wild to me that a, a, a guy could make that many near interceptions and not pick one off. And he also has had some really bad missed tackles that have opened up a lot of space for the offense. So he's been very boom bust. And outside of him, you know, we're we're talking about DeAndre Houston Carson and. Kareem Jackson off the street because they've lost Jimmy Ward to IR. They've lost a couple other players, uh, Eric Murray, Graylin Arnold to IR. Like this has been a, a rotating position all year for them. So Houston Carson, of course, went to camp with the Ravens, uh-huh. came back, was on the Ravens practice squad. I don't think immediately, but he was. And then he got activated for a game or two. And he at least played some special teams, but I actually think he's on my defensive spreadsheet, which means he's played at least a defensive snap this year with the mm-hmm. Ravens. And now all of a sudden he's played what 400 snaps or something for the Texans as they're starting. I, I'm, right. I'm telling you, it's been bad. <laughs> <laughs> the injuries have been bad. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, uh, he's he's been around the league for a long time. He's a he's an experienced safety that a lot of people a little bit like Daryl Worley, maybe uh, maybe not quite as good in terms of uh, of what you get when he's when he's back there. But uh, anything about what opposing teams are trying to do to try and target these guys, whether whether it's Petrie or um, Eastern Carson. Petrie kind of gets himself into his own situations. <laughs> like he he's a reader. If he reads what he thinks he reads, he jumps on it. He's all instincts. And sometimes that's really great. And sometimes not so much. Um, the Texans have been really bad against play action this year. They're one of the worst teams that are defending play action passes. So once you once you find that safety, uh, that safety play, you can really exploit it. That I, play action is defined certain ways by certain people. And I'm just wondering from your own observations, do you have a sense that that a lot of that is RPO type play action or what I call other front facing fakes where there may be some sort of a hand checky kind of thing, but the quarterback does not turn his back because turn your back play action is something Lamar just does not do very much of at all. Well, 
I would say that more of it is turn your back play action than not. Okay. Um, I haven't seen them really tested that heavily on RPOs. They tend to be more of a crowd the the first ten yards team, but mm-hmm. I definitely can see RPOs working as them. Yeah. How about extended plays? Have they have they been exceptionally good or bad in terms of of making other teams play on extended plays? Because that's of course one of the things we look for from Jackson. You know, they haven't really faced a quarterback like that in a minute. <laughs> they haven't really faced a quarterback like that in a minute. They, they, they're dealing with the Gardner Minshews of the world. You got Joe Flacco. You got Will Levis a couple times in there. You got Zach Wilson. Like, it's, it has yeah. not been a very rough stretch for them. So I'm very curious to see what happens when this unit is comprised as it is against Lamar. But I'm not curious in a way that makes me excited. <laughs> okay. All right. All right. Well, fair enough. Uh, I think that's an outstanding run through the through the unit. Really appreciate the fact that you can always make time to come on this show. I'll ask you one each side of the ball. Give me a player you think matches up very well against who the Ravens are or what the Ravens do. Okay. Well, I mean, we start with Nico Collins, right? Like that's 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 the number one matchup. That was the matchup I talked about in week one when Mm -hmm. we we got when we talked and. He didn't quite have a, a terrific game that game, but he showed up, and he's been phenomenal this year. The Texans, to win this game, will need him to, again, kind of bully whoever is covering him, whether that's Humphrey inside, whether that's you know one of your other corners outside. I'm not sure, but that's definitely goal number one for the Texans, make Nico Collins eat. Okay. All right, now how about on defense? Defensively, I think Anderson – and Grenard, I wouldn't say that they need to get, you know, three turnovers or, or some arbitrary number, but they need to at least make some negative plays happen. They need to get the Ravens into third and 13 every once in a while. They need to draw key holding or something like that. Like those guys on the Ravens tackles are, I think, what I would call the easiest pickings, even if I'm not like, you know, excited about it. Like that's, where I think the Texans might be able to do some get some work done. Yeah, unfortunately, I completely agree with you on that. Is that that's been where the Ravens, in particular with Ronnie Stanley on the left side, have really uh, not been good at all this year. Um, all right, well, yeah, always great to talk football with you, Rivers. Tell folks where they can either talk football online with you or uh, find your work. RiversMcCallan.com. Um, I've been kind of taking a break this year to raise my child so i haven't actually written a ton i did write a piece recently about what it's been like to watch the texans become good (laughs) it's been very it's been very weird because you start off with like the first two weeks and you're like okay this is just you know another one of those seasons where you just you know kind of learning and figuring out what the young guys do and then just it happened It, it it all clicked into place they destroyed the Jaguars that week three, and here we are talking about them in the playoffs. It's wild. All right. Well, congratulations. It's uh, it's uh, I'm sure been a really great year for Houston fans, and um, just just coming on to win that division, have the Jacksonville Jaguars impale themselves on whatever they did uh, <laughs> uh, was pretty pretty funny. I'm sure from your perspective, it's 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 been very funny because you know people talk about the tanking thing. And this is like always a big source of conversation with 
more casual fans. Like, you've got to tank for the best prospect. The Jaguars got the generational guy in Trevor Lawrence. Yeah. And then they just fall apart because they're not a good team around him. And all of a sudden, you know, not Bryce Young, the, the number two pick actually just comes and steals the division. Extremely funny. Yeah, it's believe me, it's it's hilarious as someone who kind of watches what's going on with Browns fans a little bit, too. And, you know, the, the obviously the trade of Watson was for Watson was something Browns fans were somewhat split on in terms of of what they're getting. But most of them. But, you know, we've got to take a shot at getting the great quarterback. And of course, they did. Watson's hardly played for the Browns and when he has played. He hasn't been particularly good. And you guys end up with one of those picks going to get C.J. Stroud. I mean, that wasn't even the picks that we the pick that we used on that. Like, I think there's an argument to be made that we have squandered the Deshaun Watson fortune to some extent. Oh, really? But like right now, with where they are, just having you know a rookie quarterback looks like this. You got Nico Collins and Tank Dill on rookie deals. Will Anderson on a rookie deal. Like, it's hard to complain about anything. Yeah. <laughs> Is an exciting place to be. You you only get this for a brief window, and then it seems like it's it's. And then and then those expectations better. those expectations rise, and then you're like, ah, yeah. oh, I hate that they're eleven and three. Damn it! <laughs> <laughs> All right, outstanding rivers. Thanks thanks for joining us again. Other folks out there, if you'd like to be on a film study short, hit me up. DMs are always open on Twitter. I want to talk to you not only during this playoff run. Hopefully, that will be more than one game for the Ravens. Hopefully, but. Uh, I also want to talk to you this offseason. So if you have an idea for what would make a good offseason show, you hit me up. DMs are always open on Twitter. I promise I'll get back to you very quickly. Rivers, thanks again for joining me. Thanks again. And we'll talk to you next time on Film Study. Film Study.